We're going to continue now in our series. Friends, we've now come to the final chapter of the book of Exodus. We've been studying the book of Exodus for several weeks now, and we've called this series Revelation and Redemption. You may be saying to yourself, this is the celebration. This is the Sunday before Christmas. I'm supposed to hear a sermon of about the birth of Christ. Well, that's what we're going to preach about this morning from Exodus chapter number 40. For the last few weeks of our series, we've been talking about the tabernacle. God wanted them to prepare a place, build a place where he could dwell in their midst. Time and time again, what we've heard is God has delivered his people, and now as he begins to, 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 to build the, uh, the tabernacle or give instructions on the tabernacle, what we've heard him say is, I want them to do these things so that I can dwell in their midst. So now as we study the book of Exodus, we've learned that God speaks. We've learned that God saves. We have one final lesson to learn this morning. God settles. Exodus chapter number 40, beginning with verse number 1. As is our custom, we ask that you would stand for the reading of God's holy word. Exodus chapter number 40, beginning with verse number 1. Exodus 40, verse number 1. If you don't have a physical copy of God's Word or uh, you haven't had time to open the app on your phone, uh, we'll have it on the screen for you. Here is how the Word of the Lord reads. Then the Lord spoke to Moses. On the first day of the first month, you shall erect the tabernacle of the tent of meeting and you shall put it in the ark of the testimony, and you shall screen the ark with the veil. And you shall bring in the table and arrange it, and you shall bring in the lampstand and set it up its lamps. And you shall put the golden altar for incense before the ark of the testimony, and set up the screen for the door of the tabernacle. You shall set the altar of burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting and place the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar, and put water in it. And you shall set up the court all around, and hang up the screen for the gate of the court. Then you shall take the anointing oil, and anoint the tabernacle, and all that is in it, and consecrate it, and all its furniture, so that it may become holy. You shall also anoint the altar of burnt offering, and all of its utensils, and consecrate the altar, so that the altar may become most holy. You shall also anoint the basin and its stand, and consecrate it. Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of the meeting, and shall wash them with water, and put on Aaron the holy garments. And you shall anoint him, and consecrate him, that he may serve me as priest. You shall bring his sons also, and put coats on them, and anoint them, as you anointed their father, that they may serve me as priests. And their anointing shall admit them 
to a perpetual priesthood throughout their generations. Verse 16, this Moses did according to all that the Lord had commanded him, so he did. In the first month and the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. Moses erected the tabernacle. He laid its bases and set up its frames and put in its poles and raised up its pillars. And he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent over it as the Lord had commanded Moses. He took the testimony and put it into the ark and put the poles on the ark and set the mercy seat above on the ark. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle and set up the veil of the screen and screened the ark of the testimony as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the veil and arranged the bread on it before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle and set up the lamps before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the golden altar in the tent of meeting before the veil and burned fragrant incense on it as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put in the place, the screen for the door of the tabernacle, and he set the altar of the burnt offering at the entrance of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting and offered it on the burnt offering and the grain offering as the Lord had commanded Moses. He set the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put the water in it for washing with which Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet. And when they went into the tent of meeting and when they approached the altar, they washed as the Lord commanded Moses. And he erected the court around the tabernacle and the altar and set up the screen of the gate of the court. So Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then then they did not set out to the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel, throughout all their journeys. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Friends, look with me, first of all, at the final instructions that the Lord gives to Moses for the building of the tabernacle. The final instructions, verses 1 through 15. The first thing that we see here in these final instructions is that the tabernacle was to be erected on the first day of the first month. Friends, this was the first day of the new year. If we look back at Exodus chapter 12, verse 1, we'll see that the Lord declared that the new year was the day that the Lord held them out of Egypt. The new year was a reminder 
that they were a redeemed people. So now the Lord links their redemption with the purpose of the tabernacle. The Lord redeemed them so that they could worship him in his holy presence. And friends, this is a lesson to be learned for us. Our salvation was not just for us to get into heaven. The purpose of our salvation is that we would worship the Lord eternally. We are created and we are saved for worship. And friends, we must remember that worship is not just what we do in this sacred space when we gather during this sacred time, but worship is the total surrender to God of every aspect of daily life. So all of our life is to be lived in devotion to God. This was their New Year celebration. Serve the Lord by building his tabernacle. Every new year, they will be reminded that you are saved, saved, saved. That was the celebration. Now let's look together at the consecration. We also see the instruction in verse 9 to anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it and consecrate it and all its furniture so that it may become holy. In addition, Aaron and his sons were to be washed with water, anointed and consecrated so that they could serve the Lord as priests. What is all of this anointing about? I'm glad you asked. If we look back to Exodus chapter number 30, beginning with verse 22 and the following verses, the Lord gives Moses a recipe to make what he calls sacred anointing oil. And that oil was to be smeared or sprinkled on the tabernacle and all of its contents. The anointing made whatever touched it most holy. These items had to be anointed or consecrated because they were just ordinary items and people. Ordinary and common things were insufficient for a holy God inhabiting a holy place. Those ordinary items had to be set apart. They had to be made holy. Friends, oftentimes, and, and, and we are right, Oftentimes when we ask people, what does holy mean? It means to be set apart. Yes, there's more to it though. Holy also means to be devoted to God. The priest and the furniture were to be devoted to the Lord. They were no longer to be used just for common and ordinary purposes. They had to be anointed. We see this word over and over again in this section. So then what are we to make of the anointing today? First, before we can talk about us, we first need to talk about Jesus. Jesus Christ is the anointed one. That's the meaning of the term Messiah, the anointed one. 
He's the Lord's chosen anointed one to serve the threefold office of prophet, priest, and king. As prophet, he not only announces the word of God, he is the word of God. As prophet, he announces that the kingdom of heaven has broken in, has come near, and he calls for all to repent and believe the gospel. As priest, he has entered the most holy place to offer himself as the all-sufficient, perfect sacrifice for sins. And as priest, even today, he continues to make intercession for the saints. As king, Jesus rules over all things and all people. Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. Friends, Jesus is the anointed one. Friends, we need to hear and heed to this prophet. Through Jesus, our great high priest, we should draw near to God. And as king, we should submit to his rule. But still though, who are the anointed today? Because we, we will hear certain people say, touch not my prophet and do him no harm. The anointed one. Who are the anointed today? I'm glad you asked. The church. We are the anointed. The anointed one, the Messiah, now lives in us through the Holy Spirit. Friends, it is the Holy Spirit that makes us anointed. It is the Holy Spirit that sets us apart. It is the Holy Spirit that makes us holy. So then, there is no special class of people in Christianity who are the anointed ones. All those who belong to the family of God who have trusted in Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins are now anointed. What's the significance then? Because we are anointed, everything we are and everything we have must be devoted to God. Friends, this has enormous implications. Our possessions are to be devoted to the Lord and used in his service. Our work, whether in the home and or outside of the home, is to be devoted to the Lord. Your singleness must be devoted to the Lord. Your marriage must be devoted to the Lord. Why? Because we are the Lord's anointed and we are not common. We are anointed. Holy, set apart, devoted to the Lord. So, these are now the Lord's final instructions for building his tabernacle. Let's look in verses 16 through 33 at the following of the instructions. This section opens with these words in verse 16. This Moses did according to all that the Lord commanded him, so he did. The text is clear that Moses obeyed the word of the Lord exactly. He didn't deviate. Why was Moses 
so careful to follow the Lord's instructions? Y'all are asking wonderful questions this morning. Because this was the Lord's house. The most holy one was to take up residence there. And everything had to be perfect and orderly. Moses has to follow the instructions because through the tabernacle, the Lord was bringing order into a chaotic world. And friends, that's why obeying the word of the Lord is so important for us. The Lord gives commands and instructions to bring order to our lives. Friends, without the Lord's instructions, we would constantly constantly live in a state of chaos. But Moses also had to follow the instructions for another reason. As we move forward in our text, and this is actually a review of last week, we see a clause, I heard some of you catching on to it, repeated over and over again in this section in verses 16 through 33. Here it is, verse 21, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Verse 22, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Verse 25, 26, 29, and 32, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Friends, Bible study tip 101, repetition is always key. Here's what you need to observe. First stage of Bible study is observation. Here's what you need to observe. This cause is repeated seven times. In addition to the cause being repeated seven times, we must also take note of how this section ends in verse 33. So Moses finished the work. Why is that significant, Reverend? Go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. Here's what it says. And on the seventh day, here it is. God finished the work. So Moses finished the work, Genesis 2. God finished his work. So what the author is doing in his sevenfold repetition and ending it with so Moses finished the work is he's taking us back to the creation account. He is communicating through the structure of this section and his word choice that the tabernacle is indeed a new creation. It is a microcosm of the original creation. The tabernacle, friends, is the Lord bringing Eden back down to earth. So this, the Lord has now created a new place where he can live in the presence of his people. So for 39 plus chapters and some verses, we've heard that the Lord wants to live among his people. The Lord wants to dwell among his people. And then there's some instructions. And the Lord wants to dwell among his people. And then they have, then these people <laughs> create a golden calf. The Lord says, Moses, get down from this mountain because I need to destroy them. But Moses intercedes and the Lord doesn't destroy them. They renew the covenant, and God goes back to giving instructions about the building of the tabernacle. And he tells them again, so I can dwell in your midst. That's, that's what we've been hearing from the beginning of this, is that the Lord wants to dwell 
among his people. Can you feel the rising tension? Can you feel the anticipation? Is the Lord actually going to do this? It's as if the Lord is waiting. He's just waiting for them to finish the last piece of the tabernacle and then we get to Verse 34, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. It was if the Lord can wait to dwell among his people. Friends, what a mighty good God we serve. That even in the midst of our idolatry, even in the midst of our unfaithfulness, even in the midst of our being no good, he says, I forgive you and I want to be with you. He is gracious and merciful. Friends, at last the Lord dwells among his people. At last the glorious presence of the Lord came down. The purpose of creation and redemption had now been fulfilled. The Lord is among his people. However, the author throws in something that kind of messes up this tidy ending. Verse 35, Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. I hear y'all's fourth question. Y'all making the sermon longer. Why was Moses not able to enter the tabernacle, the tent of meeting? Friends, our text doesn't answer that question completely. I'm convinced that it's meant to be a cliffhanger. The author wants us to keep reading. Remember, this is one of five books well, that we call the Pentateuch. The author wants us to keep reading after Exodus 40. Y'all's favorite book, Leviticus. Since we're not immediately going to study the book of Leviticus, <laughs> let us, let me get you off this cliff. The first matter that is mentioned in Leviticus chapter 1 is that of burnt offerings. Remember that the purpose of the burnt offering was for the purposes of making atonement. Friends, the reason Moses can't go into the tabernacle is because holy God has made that structure his home. And holy God can't be approached by an unholy man without a blood sacrifice. Y'all don't see me coming. So, in order for Moses to get in, he could only approach his holy God through the blood of a substitute. And friends, that's the same case for us today. The only way we can approach a holy God is through the blood of a substitute. 
The Lord has provided that substitute for us in his son, Jesus Christ. And it is the blood of Christ that was shed way back on Calvary that gives us access to our most holy God. Well, Exodus 40 is now ended. How do we apply and close this series on the book of Exodus? As we have mentioned several times throughout this series, Jesus is the fulfillment of the tabernacle. John chapter 1, verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt and tabernacled among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Friends, what happened for the Israelites here at the end of Exodus 40, when the tabernacle was built, happened again when Jesus took on human flesh. The glory of the Lord filled the human body. The glory of God in Jesus tabernacled. God was present in his son, Jesus Christ, when he came to the earth through a virgin named Mary. There's your Christmas part. Born in a trough among animals, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a man, manger because there was no room for him in the inn. And he was called Emmanuel, God with us. That's the Christmas story. But friends, that's not the end of the story. There is a day coming when God will dwell among his people again like he did in Eden. After Jesus Christ has returned and defeated Satan in death for good, the new heaven and the new earth will come. The holy city, New Jerusalem, will come down out of heaven from God. John in Revelation chapter 21 verse 33 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God, the tabernacle of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Friends, in that new city, the new Jerusalem, there will be no temple. For its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need for sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light. And its lamp is the Lamb. Beloved, Jesus has come to the world through the birth of a virgin, lived a sinless life, was crucified on the cross, buried, but rose victoriously from the grave on the third day, ascended back to heaven to sit at the right hand of his father. But friends, that's not the end of the story. One day, he's coming again. And when he returns, he will make all things new. God will dwell among his people as he did in the beginning. Until then, friends, we must persevere. Until then, we must remain hopeful. Until he comes, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, We all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed 
and to the same image, from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Until our Lord returns, we must continue to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and to the image of Christ himself. Until he comes, we must remain holy just as God is holy. Until he comes, we must declare the good news that Jesus has come and is coming again. The only way to be with him in eternity is to believe the gospel. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Jesus, whom you sent, born of a virgin. Friends, Lord, let us remember that Jesus is indeed the reason for the season. Help us, God, to make him the center of all that we do over the next few days as we celebrate the birth of Christ. Father, we look forward to the day when Jesus shall return in the moment of the twinkling of an eye, when he will make all things new, and your glory will fill the new city, the new heavens and the new earth. Until then, God, make us a people that are ready, watchful, and doing the works of him that sent us while it is day. For night comes when no man can work. Father, now as we depart from this place, we pray that no harm would fall upon us. We pray that just as Jesus Christ brought light into the world, that we would be light in a dark world. Use us for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.